Fuck them kids, the movie. Guys, welcome back to the Messed Up at Midnight podcast, the show where we kick back, smoke crack, and talk all things movies. I'm your host, Max Steele, and as always, I am joined by the man who fell into a gorilla enclosure back in 2016, the one, the only, Mr. Michael Flaherty. Hey, man, all I gotta say, it's, you know what? Who I if I had known that I would create the darkest timeline, I would have I would have acted differently. That's all I gotta say. And also I and you know what? I feel like I feel like I feel like this timeline has aged me up, you know, because for an eleven year old, I feel pretty I, I do feel like I look pretty grown up for my age. I mean you certainly act you certainly act, you know, like you know, so twenty something living in Chicago. Yeah, I, I act like a successful twenty something, but you know, deep down inside, I'm just a, I'm just an eleven year old who really just fucked everything up, fucked all of the world. Aren't we all just eleven year olds on the inside? Absolutely, <laughs> just just pretending like we know what we're doing in this you know world when people are asking as, us about taxes and insurance, and we're just like, yes, as you're. As you're saying this, I'm just li- imagining I'm just a kid by Simple Plan just playing. <laughs> Nobody cares because I'm alone in the world. <laughs> well, speaking of poor parenting, we are going to be talking about Mom and Dad. As Nick Cage month rolls on, we're getting into like the glory years of schlocky Nick Cage. Like mm-hmm. you'd say, you'd say the 2010s mm-hmm. was kind of like the you know. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Because because you got to remember, 2017 was when Nick Cage started to star in like he started to half or like a quarter of the bad Nick Cage indie movies were actually interesting movies, like Mandy or Pig. Like they were all they were there were some that were actually worth watching. It's mm-hmm. that it's that 2009 to 2014 that's peak nick cage right there because Mm -hmm. that is nick cage at his absolute worst just his complete and utter unbridled worst (laughs) and like we said today we are going to be talking about mom and dad basically a midlife crisis the movie featuring nick cage so you know i think this is just gonna work out great and one thing i learned while i was researching this film is Nick Cage said that this was one of his favorite films that he did in the past 10 years. You got to be kidding me. Really? I mean, actually, you know what? No, I actually believe that. I feel like this movie was a ball to actually act for, mm-hmm. even though the movie was complete shit. I mean, because I, like, I swear to God, all you have to do is yell, run around and like, just like, just attack shit. Like, of course, it's going to be the best fucking film. <laughs> I mean, you don't go like with a movie like this, you don't go to it, to sit down and expect, you know, them sitting around and talking about, you know, parenting issues or the education system. Because, you know, if you were filming that, it might be, you know, an easy payday or whatever. But then when you see people <laughs> running around and moms fighting their daughters and Nick Cage being Nick Cage, that is what you want. That is the type of set that you would want to be on. Just something that is balls to the wall. So much fun. And there are certain times yeah. I'm just like, I'm having fun, even though it's kind of schlocky. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You're looking. See, I like this is again, again, Nick Cage. Nick Cage always scratches the itch like him and Steven Seagal always cra- always scratch that itch that you always want where it's you could just 
just go at and go to any of their filmography, pick one. Guarantee you're gonna have a ball. Either you're gonna have a fun time with like Raising Arizona, mm-hmm. or you're gonna have a like confusingly fun time, like with Mom and Dad. Like it's just you're gonna either get good Nick Cage or just r- a fucking ass ridiculous Nick Cage. But either way, you're gonna be entertained. And I gotta say, that's one of like the most beautiful things about this man. Oh yeah, absolutely. And another thing that I learned was the budget for this movie. The budget was $4 million. Damn, Mike, that's, I, oh my God. It, it, it was low. It was low. It was, you know, much, granted, you know, $5 million to us is like, you know, oh, you know, it's $5 million, a small loan of $5 million, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I want to ask you a question, Mike. We played this game before, you know, like guessing the, like how much money it made. How much money do you think that mom and dad made at the box office? Honestly, I'm going to be I I would a lowball it hard because like I like I heard this movie in through whispers in like the depths of like Reddit mm-hmm. and like my my friends who are like huge cinephiles like myself. Mm-hmm. And I got to be honest, I would be pretty fucking stunned if it broke 3 mil. Lower. Oh, 2 2 mil? We're, we're- Lower. One one and a half mil? Lower. One mil. Lower. What the fuck? <laughs> did, 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 did like one person see this movie? What, 750,000? Lower. 250,000. Lower. Yo, what the fuck? I'm actually. (laughs) I was gonna go ahead and tell you. I was gonna go ahead and tell you. The movie made a total at the box office one hundred and sixty-five thousand nine hundred and thirty-two dollars. Who did they just throw the sodas at like three movie theaters? How the fuck? Oh my god! I remember seeing this movie trailer and. I'm sitting there thinking, like, somebody's got to see this. Somebody, like, sitting down, got to see, you know, parents attacking their kids. Like, somebody's got to go out to the theaters and see this. I thought it would have at least, you know, made its budget back at least. But the fact that it made $165,000 just baffles me. Oh, yeah, yeah. The f- That is, that's low by, like, nothing movie standards like that's low by like sh- flops i know you said like, you were you're like i'm gonna lowball this and then i was like uh-huh okay let, let, let's see how low you lowball this one i uh, see okay the best part was is i look like a jackass now because like i actually sat there and wanted to go one mil but i was like i was like you know what i like th- let's go with the banter let's go with three mil you know what just to like and you were like no a hundred thousand i was like fuck okay wow all right there's like okay i see the game that you're playing i'll play along let's go let's yeah. go with this and then i'm like I no, literally, no literally i started playing the fucking game and now i look like i feel like a jackass because quite literally i'm fucking floored by how little this movie made jesus christ so now guys we're gonna get to the most important question of this podcast michael if this movie were a drink what would it be and why? 
See, it's just like, like this movie. This see, obviously, this movie is gonna have an intense cocktail associated with it. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's no fucking way it can't. But the thing is, is I don't. I want this. To, I want the cocktail that I'm thinking of to really like match with the intensity that this movie like exhibits. Because mm-hmm. there are movies that do intensity really well, but it's like it's different kinds of intensity. Like John Wick's intensity is not this movie's intensity. Mm-hmm. Like John Wick, it really feels like stressful. It really feels balls to the wall. Like it, it feels like an intense fucking movie and really weighty. This feels just like it has the same intensity as like that one video of like the five-year-old running around with a knife. Like, it's just like, you're like intense. Yes. <laughs> but not like hefty and like really weighty you're kind of just like oh god oh god it's all right we should wow okay this is much more intense than i anticipated like and and the cocktail i'm thinking of that's best associated with that has to be uh from one of my one of my favorite tv shows out right now um it's always sunny in philadelphia more specifically more specifically the riot juice that they drink before they go to the Phillies game because it is quite literally just, just a thing of Powerade and a thing of any grain alcohol, high proof. (laughs) If you can set it on fire, put it in. That's, and you just chug it. That's it. And it's just like, and it's like, it is literally a cocktail that is made for the sole purpose of getting violent at sporting events. And I'm sitting there going like, it's always sunny in Philadelphia made it. It's about getting violent and it's about, and it's, it takes, it's for events. And I'm like, yeah, this is like the perfect cocktail for this movie. It is just intense, but not like worryingly intense. Just like, just, just a lot, just a lot. Yeah. You know, honestly, like as you were describing, I was like, yeah, I, that, that fits the description of this movie. Would I necessarily have gone with a, Powerade? I don't know. I, I, don't know. I probably would have gone with I don't know, like a Monster Energy. Oh yeah, exactly. Like a it's Monster like, Energy in Everclear. <laughs> oh god, it's it's like a vodka Red Bull, but for hillbillies. <laughs> hey, don't you insult my people like that? I can't use this. <laughs> I, I just say pe- peach pie moonshine <laughs> and and Powerade <laughs> tastes good. All right, peach pie moonshine and Mountain Dew. Oh God! Oh, <laughs> that was not my cocktail, by the way. The drink that I chose for this movie was—I was looking at the film and I was thinking the whole time I was like midlife crisis. That's really what it like midlife crisis and dads naturally. But you know, unlike buying a new car or sulking alone and looking at Polaroids of the good old days, this movie takes a different route. A much more energized route that involves murder and over-the-top violence. And as we've established before with Nick Cage month, if Nick Cage were an alcohol, he would be absinthe, right? <laughs> so I was thinking, yeah. okay, why don't we combine all the two? Like, why don't we combine all of that? So what I came up with is another original creation here at Messed Up at Midnight. Ooh, this one's called right. the Daddy Cage Back Attack. Now, <laughs> what this is is 
I, I, the name already has me hooked. Line and fucking sinker. Please go on. So what you need is what boomers would think of like top shelf, bur- like what top shelf bourbon is, but is like under $90, you know, like no shade, by the way, like a Woodford Reserve. You know, mm-hmm. it's yeah. fancy, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's by no means like the fanciest thing. You can definitely see like, you know, of <laughs> 50 to six, like a 40 to 50 year old sitting by the fire, just like thinking about like trying to reflect on his life as his kids are growing up and just kind of feeling yeah. sad. It's, it, it's, it's, it's the alcohol for someone who can't afford the single malt scot- scotch, mm-hmm. but they still, but the check, the, the monthly check came in. So they want to splurge sort of, sort of bourbon. Yeah, so like exactly like, you know, middle class dad trying to treat himself. Mm-hmm. So we got so we got that. You know, one to one and a half ounces should do. Then you gotta get some cheap coffee. Black. No Ooh. none of this cream and sugar crap. You're a man and you gotta remember <laughs> that. Just like cheap, great value coffee from Walmart, or honestly, even black instant coffee would do. I was about to say, it, it feels like it almost would have to be black instant coffee from like mm-hmm. a Mr. Coffee drip machine. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's black coffee, not because you enjoy the taste, but because you have to prove up, prove yourself. Prove, you're proving to only your like screwed up sense of what it means to be a man that mm-hmm. you have to drink coffee black because milk is for girls. <laughs> and honestly, you got to mix it like a little bit like too much like just just like a little bit like a little bit too bitter a little just a little dash of overestimating how how much you can take exactly exactly so take those two mix mix them up okay now take one serving of absinthe in a shot glass and you're gonna drop that sucker in there because it's time for nick fucking cage and then you just down it I was about to say, abuse your, abuse your throat, abuse your throat, like just fucking drink a cup of hot coffee and wash it down with some hard fucking liquor. (laughs) I was thinking more like, you know, lukewarm coffee that's been sitting out. Okay. That's that's more like, like a, like a dad, like he's trying to sip on his morning coffee, but you know, (laughs) his teenage, he's gotten an argument with his teenage daughter. So it's just kind of like been just sitting there and, and you know. Maybe he's sweating to it a little bit, so it's okay, just kind of okay, like it's right. a little salty too. I, yeah, I thought I thought you were sitting there and just like doing a callback to Johnny to fucking Johnny Cage for not Johnny Cage, fucking Johnny Blaze from Ghost, Ghost Rider. <laughs> just because, just because we didn't mention this in Best of the Midnight, but he fucking just chugs a pot of hot coffee, and I was just like, I was just like, man. I swear to God, if anyone has to drink that, someone will go to the hospital. But okay, you specified it was lukewarm, so that makes more sense. Mike, what do you think of that cocktail? I gotta say, I'm leaning to like that. I feel like that was one of my better ones. I feel like I feel like that's one that's one that will be gross. Yes, it will be gross. But I feel like what's going to happen is it's going to be. Lo- I feel like I feel like the real strength of absinthe is just going to get lost in the coffee. However, I will agree. I do think it will probably be better than most spirits in coffee. Like, I think it's not going to be Bailey's or like whiskey. It's going to be fun. Like, it's absinthe, you said, right? It's absinthe and bourbon. 
so okay so the bourbon bourbon and coffee makes total sense Mm -hmm. every 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 alcoholic divorced dad has done it once (laughs) or every alcoholic dad let's not why should we discriminate (laughs) but yeah the absinthe part is where i'm like oh maybe not i don't know if that'll work (laughs) but you gotta say it represents this movie Oh yeah, I I bet I a hundred a hundred percent that that definitely exemplifies this movie. And we here at the messed up at midnight, we don't really care about taste. We just care about creating a drink that just encapsulates the movie the best. I feel like I feel like my drink would totally taste worryingly good because it's grain alcohol in Powerade. Like there's you're just going to taste you're just going to taste the Powerade. So I but feel like mine would be what, actually more really tasty. But, but what flavor of Powerade though? That's important. It's got to be blue. It's got to be blue. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Anything else and then you're just not doing riot juice, right? Riot juice is blue. It's a blue Gatorade or blue Powerade. Pick your fucking battle. <laughs> and then you just just put a fu- put a worrying amount of grain alcohol in it and then just chug it. You see, I like to mix my drinks to where like I taste the alcohol in it so I just know what I'm getting myself into. See, I'm still hearkening back to See, this is this is where I'm also playing into midlife crisis thing. Midlife crisis, mm-hmm. you want to feel young again? You you think back to your college years? What were you drinking in your college years? This. <laughs> That was when really that was when you really didn't give a shit about taste. You were just like, <laughs> just let me get just smashed. Yeah, exactly. You were like, you were like, I have fifteen dollars and I need to be drunk. <laughs> so, guys, we're gonna be getting into a mom and dad. Crack yourself open a cold one and let's talk about Nick Cage's mom and dad. So we begin on a mom putting on some music for her kid and she parks her car on a railroad track just leaves the just leaves the car with her kid in it and a train just you know hits the car and that's how we start this movie <laughs> yeah exactly. this movie i swear to god i didn't even get a chance to sit the fuck down for the movie i literally sat there and just like just like didn't even get to sit down and literally a fucking just that happens. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. OK, all right, I got to be here for this. Like, Oh, shit. OK, here we go. Exactly. Like usually a movie leads leads you up to this. Like it's usually like the mom is sitting at the railroad track. She looks at the kid, looks at the tracks and mm-hmm. then she creeps up. No, this lady just goes up. Stops the car, gets out, kid dies. And you're like, fuck, okay. I feel, like that's, I feel like that's a theme with the movies that we cover on this podcast is just no context. We just get thrown just right into it. I was like, there's oh, no, the there's <laughs> no dinner first. I was about to say, there's no foreplay to the killing. All they do is just kill. And you're like, God damn it. <laughs> like, I need to be wide and died, okay? <laughs> Immediately after this, we get our opening credits, which is like a color burn type scene where we get the first of many memeable Nick Cage faces with this, where it's like, I think it goes over like a deep turquoise and he's just smiling. And I kind of liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you That was a very conflicted, I kind of liked it. That was one that you just said and you were just like, you were just like, I really, yeah, this is a weird one to just let out there. (laughs) 
much like saying like you know a lot about nick cage movies is like exactly exactly i kind of liked it you're not really proud (laughs) of it but you're just like i did enjoy it (laughs) it's like listening to one of those like it's like it's like when you're in middle school and you heard one of those songs by the boy bands that you Mm -hmm. preemptively said you hated and you were like damn this is this is actually kind of good. <laughs> You're like, God damn it. You're like, I hate that I like this. And then we get introduced to the Ryan family. We first go to the teenage girl in her room talking about the PSATs with her boyfriend. And this, you know, hearing talk of the PSATs, it just, it really sends you back, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I heard that. I heard- <laughs> I heard I heard the PSATs and I went, oh, man, I haven't I haven't thought of those in a while. He <laughs> was like, I don't need to care about this anymore. And oh, she's ta- yeah. And she's talking to her boyfriend just over the phone. You know, they're doing the typical, you know, teenage thing. They're going to be celebrating tonight when all of a sudden the little brother just breaks in and throws his underwear on his sister and she gets mad. That leaves some like weird implications. Oh, it's what? Like, I I want to hear what implications you're talking about. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like, the, the 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 kid runs in and throws stained drawers at his sister, and then runs out. Like, I'm just like, I'm like, that seems. I mean, it seems really like really. I don't know. That seems like really weird little brother shit, which yeah, you're kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're kind of like, you're kind of like, you're kind of like sensibly. What does, what does that prove? But on the other hand, you're like, that is something. Yeah. You're like that's, that a younger sibling would do. Like, yeah, uh, okay. All right. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> and she gets up and she's obviously like mad about this. Uh-huh. So what does she do? She has like, she grabs this like plastic toy truck that she finds as the little brother is running down the steps. And just tries to like careen it at the back of his head, and I'm like, dude, that could like that could mess him up. Like if that hit, I, like that could that could cut the back of his head up. Again, that being said, I cannot lie and say that doesn't also seem like an older sibling thing to do, where you just hum the nearest thing at them, <laughs> just in anger. When it's like, I mean, it's hey, we've all. <laughs> We've all sat there and just thrown something and just been like, ah, I shouldn't have done that. So, I mean, so, I mean, I can't really sit there and just like throw stones, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, at least for me. I don't know. You, you're closer to age with your sister, right? No, I'm seven years apart. You're seven years apart. Okay. I was, t- I'm 10 years apart from my sister. So, so. I, that, I like, this is one of the rare times where I am in fact closer. Yeah. You, you are like, I was like, I'm going to just trust. Cause you probably have done a lot of, I don't know. Like what? What have I done a lot of? <laughs> a lot huh? more like little brother shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely done more. I, I, I was a good little brother. I, like, I did nothing, but I, but I went to Catholic school. I prayed before I went to bed. <laughs> yeah, no, I was, 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 I was a little shit. <laughs> so. We get so as she throws this plastic toy, it misses and it hits a picture that falls on the ground. And I think it breaks. It's like a family picture. It breaks. There's some glitchy, jumpy camera movements, which is honestly kind of like a motif running throughout this movie is 
glitchy, jumpy camera movements and just static. Yeah, it's also can can I sit there and just like just sort of just toss this in with all the weird tropes that this movie just sort of has running through it. The music is so weird. Yeah, it's so the music is fucking just it's just something like you just hear like all the music always feels wrong in whatever situation they're in. It could be something as simple as like people talking and it's just this weird glitch dubstep music that you're like, what the fuck is going? Why? Yeah, this movie came out in 2017, but yet the soundtrack sounds like it came out in like 2011, like 2012. Yeah, it came out in like 20. Yeah, it sounds like it came out in 2010, like peak Skrillex years. Oh, God, that sent me back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, what, you don't want to hear Equinox for for the 10th time for scary monsters and nice sprites just on repeat. I oh, God, I'm so I'm so Can We just talk about how great it is that dubstep's gone. It died. Just, oh, God, it died. And I'm so happy. Like, I, unironically, <laughs> God bless so we get introduced to the mom who is obviously because, you know, she is a mother and she's trying to appeal like a cool mom. She has a coffee mug that just says totes a morning person. And yeah, that that <laughs> shit definitely made me sit there and just go. Oh, fuck. All right. Cool mom. <laughs> I was about to say, it's like it, cue the fucking cue the fucking line from uh, what's her name? Amy Poehler. In uh, in Mean Girls, I could be a cool mom. I'm a cool mom. So, and you know, setting up on the TV, there's the crash from the beginning. Then we see Nick Cage in this movie. Now, there is something interesting about seeing Nick Cage in a button down, khakis, and a tie. Would would, would you agree with that? It just it feels like it it looks like it should work, but like it also feels like something that shouldn't exist. Yeah, there's no way that man has a normal like nine to five job. I was about to say, I was about to say, no, it's just one of those things that's weird given given context on Nick Cage as a person because Mm -hmm. you're sitting there just like because like you want to sit there and just go like just look at that and go normal everyday nine to five kind of guy but then you're like that's nick cage though so this is like mega weird like mm-hmm. like knowing nick cage he's seeing him in slacks and a fucking shirt just really just feels weird <laughs> you're mm-hmm. like Mm-mm, not for yeah, me there is there's just something just so strange like it's kind of like seeing like that goth kid that you went to high school with you know that wore like you know, the foxtail and like the six inch platform shoes and was mm-hmm. really pale. They've just kind of come in, you know, wearing just like frat boy clothes. Yeah, exactly. Like they're like, just and but they're like a normal looking guy, you know, nothing 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 against them. But it's just it just like it's something that like you see and you're like that, no, no, that 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 is not how I see you. Yeah, you're just like you're like, this feels wrong. This feels this doesn't fit the image I have of you. So I need you to better fit that image and nick cage in this scene he's telling like his teenage daughter you're not gonna go see that boy and doing you know the stereotypical like disapproving father thing like shaking his finger and saying you're not gonna go see that boy now do you understand yeah exactly like not on my watch it's all it 
And he tries to like defend it by, but by the way, I don't know if we pointed out, but the boyfriend is black. So the implication at first, it was like, oh, it's a race thing. But then afterwards, like, no, 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 it's an age thing. He's a junior and she's a sophomore, which, and we're sitting there <laughs> and we're watching we're like, but it's a race thing. Is is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, well, the thing is, it's always like, <laughs> it's always, always the default whenever it's, whenever Whenever a situation like that arises with someone who's over the age of 55, mm-hmm. you do always have to quietly stop or 50, you know, let's lower the fucking number. Anytime it's someone over the age of 50 that just where that situation arises, you do have to stop and just go. There's a non-zero possibility that this involves race. Mm-hmm. And I really don't know how you fucking feel about it. <laughs> like that That's just how I grew up. And I'm like, you're like okay, that, okay, that, that, okay, granddad. That, that's that's not not a good enough reason. I'm, yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, no, but the I movie wish I, just I wish really, I could say I'm, I wish I could say I'm sorry, but like, no, I can't. I cannot say yeah, that. No, no. Yeah, exactly. No, it's it's just so weird. Like, yeah, no, it's just weird. It's just weird. And with this opening scene, also, we get kind of the first glimpse of this movie being. <laughs> all over the place and throwing shit at you. Like kind of like how we mentioned with our drinks, like just over caffeinated nonsense. There's like Mick cage covering his ears saying like, he doesn't want to hear about something. They have a maid and she is cooking Nick cage saying, you know, don't have children. There's something going on with the mom's sister and her baby. There's the teenage angst being teenage angst. There is just the grandparents are coming over as well. There's just, so much going on and this is like within the first five minutes yeah it is it's just it's one of those things where it's like supposed to be like a hectic happening household in the morning but in reality it just but the way it translates to Mm -hmm. is just confusion Mm -hmm. it's just a lot of things are happening at once in terms of talking and moving around that you're kind of like Oh, I ooh, okay. I don't know how to focus. What to focus on? The Asian family that's like that's like helping out around the house. Mm-hmm. I totally was unaware that they were supposed to be the help. That they were just like that. They were like doing the cleaning and all of that. Because I was sitting there just for like a long ass time until they said, "Oh, that's the maid, and she's leaving now." I was literally like, who the hell is this person? Just and some random family just wandering. I thought it was just some random family just chilling in there. I was like, I was like, we're not gonna tackle this. Okay. All right. Like, sure. Yeah, there is a certain speed with movies where they can throw stuff at you that seems like it's going like really, really fast, and you're able to like still keep up with everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. But then there's a movie that like overdoes it and just continuously just throws shit at you it's kind of like the movie taking a gigantic bucket of water and just slinging it on you and saying hey drink this and you're like what the fuck and then all of a sudden you get like a little bit but then you're just kind of covered in water and you're kind of pissed off yeah exactly you're kind of like what the heck (laughs) the next scene involves the mom and the daughter so mom's driving the daughter to school. The mom is saying things like, I want to trust you. The teenager's saying, oh, I can be trusted. They're having like a back and forth, you know, rebelling teenager thing going on. I was about on. to say, it's it's just the most like, it's just at this point where you're sitting there just listening to this, just going like, this is the most generic like 
teens and parents don't get along thing that they do in all of these movies that mm-hmm. involve a teen and parents, which is just my teenager can't talk to me for some reason. So sort of nonsense. And you're kind of sitting there just go like in this one is particularly bad. There's nothing mm-hmm. really like deriving it. So you're kind of just left to sit there and just go. They don't get along. Message received. Yeah, the and mom, they just keep going. Yeah, the mom's saying things just like, come on, we used to be best friends. And meanwhile, we're seeing shots of the teenager stealing from the mom's wallet. And it's it, it's a situation that we have seen like a thousand times before. But one thing I wanted to point out was this one particular line that the teenager said. She said, it's not my fault you don't have a life. And it's here where I was like, actually, you're wrong. They made a choice 15 years ago yeah. <laughs> and it's yelling at them now. This is this is this is this is our boober trade. We've already we've already had our boober transition in a previous episode. I can't remember which one. But this is just really, really just really just tying that that idea of ours together. Because I have the same idea where you're just like, you little shit, they wanted they wanted you around. <laughs> like, how dare you? I feel like the motto for the messed up at midnight podcast should just be messed up at midnight. Fuck them kids. I was about to say exactly. It's just, it's just, it's, it's gotta be. It's we always reference the Michael Jordan quote. We always do, and like, it always just rings true every single time we do so. Which, by the way, guys, if you if you guys want to play your own drinking game while listening to this podcast, start it over and take a shot every time me or Mike says "fuck them kids." Oh God. If they would literally, yeah, okay. Wow. If, you're, if right. you're following along, you'll probably be about three to four shots deep at this point. <laughs> you guys are going to, now that I know this drinking game may be in session, my ass is going to really start sneaking that in. <laughs> so after this whole teenage angst scene, we go back to the home where Nick Cage and his son are playing this like game, you know, game. And the son's like wandering around and Nick Cage just comes out of nowhere and just fucking just body slams his own child onto the couch and then just starts tickling him more like, okay, which we get some weird sound effects here too. (laughs) It's like as Nick Cage wiggles his fingers, we get, we get like some robotic alien sound effects where it's like, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's just weird. Yeah, no, I I really wanted to, I really was hoping you were going to mention the sound effect because him body slamming the kid and throwing him on the couch and then doing the wrestling match. I was like, OK, you know what? That it's a dad feels thing. Yeah, fine. It's a father but like yeah. then he's just sitting there just like the sound effects and the music gets really intense with it as they're having their little tickling match. And you're like, and then he does the thing where he rises fingers and it just makes crackling alien noises. And you're like, <laughs> what the f- what? You're like. This is such you're know, like I understand what the movie wanted to do, but what they instead did was just create a really fucking weird energy to it. Mm-hmm. Not like not in any sense other than just like you just see just him make just the sound effects. You're just like and just just the context of what's going on. You're kind of just sitting there, just going like this. Just feels really just out of out. Of, what the fuck is going on? Shouldn't it just be like? 
it should like you should have just gone with the jump scare and then just left it at that. Mm-hmm. You didn't need to sit there and hammer home the like, but shit's about to go down because we're all on the same page. We're all what we all watched the same movie. We know shit's about to go down. You don't need to start it up for us. They wanted to go the extra mile by trying to convince us that Nick Cage in this movie is just like some weird alien cyborg. Um, he's like dad, like on YouTube. I don't know if you know. Oh, yeah. Dad yeah. Is. Dad bot. Yeah. <laughs> He he is that, but this movie, which in all honesty, if Dadbot was in this movie, I mean, it would be without Nick Cage, but I feel like with Dadbot, it would also somehow work on a more subtle level. I feel like I feel like Dadbot would make this movie like so much better. <laughs> I feel like if I feel like if we replaced Nick Cage with Dadbot, we would have the same amount of intensity, but a weirder, like more a weirder, more uncanny thing, but also a lo- higher level of realism. <laughs> We just be like, okay, I, I am, I am now like you were away, and then now you're like back. You're like, okay, I, I am with this movie. Yeah, absolutely, I'm with this movie too. <laughs> Dadbot's a fucking killing machine. Did you see him knock out Matt Watson? I was about to say he he beat the brakes off of Matt Watson. He can beat the brakes off of some kids because you know what we always say: fuck, fuck them kids. kids. <laughs> This episode is just about to go just off the rails. I'll just say, I like I double dog dare someone to do this fucking drinking challenge. So with this, after the scene, we get Nick Cage as a suburban dad going out to his car, which again, this goes back to what I said earlier about it just feeling just weird for Nick Cage to feel like he's got like the white picket fence. He's your friendly neighbor saying, oh, hi there. Do you need to borrow my lawnmower? And it it feels just so weird. But then all of a sudden after this, we get a immediate fast cut like flashback to Nick Cage seeing a vision of him, his younger self in a car doing like donuts with boobs in his face mm-hmm. yeah and that is definitely the most boomer shit about this movie Re- trying to go back and relive his younger days just like that <laughs> i was like the i like I, I, this movie really tried to like do a b plot where it was like the a plot is is like the parents are killing the kids and then like the b plot is like is like but the dad's having a crisis and you're like why what <laughs> Why? It's just no. You don't need a B plot. It's not a TV show. Just, just stick to the A plot. We're good. <laughs> you, you guys showed it in the trailers. You know why we're here. We don't need to get just like a point thrown at us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't need like. We don't need them to sit there and go. Now here's why he's confused about his direction in life. You're like, I don't care. You're like, I just want him to like, just kill, just, just go nuts. I want him to go nuts. So after this, we go to the school now. Now we come into, we, we get introduced to this scene by a girl listening to what I can only really describe as like suicide boys, adjacent music in the middle of class. <laughs> I was about to say, it seems like, it seems like, it seems like a, like a way, like a way more 15 year old edgier version of Suicide Boys. And 
this there's this like teenage girl listening to it and the teacher comes up takes her phone and again that also sent me back you know teacher coming around taking the phones mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he starts trying to like teach a lesson whatever they're like the teenage daughter is like texting stuff is like texting stuff and the teacher calls 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 her out because of it and then we go to the next scene where we get the the son running around the house you know causing mayhem whatever which that this kind of like made me ask a question how old is he supposed to be yeah it's because he's young enough to not go to school but he definitely looks old enough to go to school so i'm sitting there just going like is this kid did this kid just get held back like from like kindergarten or is like like, like what what's this kid about? Like I'm pretty sure in an earlier scene when when he threw his under when he threw the you know used underwear on his sister, I really feel like he dropped like an F bomb or some type of swear word. So he's obviously old enough to know like what swearing is, but still young <laughs> enough to have like, you know, plastic toys lying around and still be at home. So it, it's just it is very confusing that character, just in terms of his age. Yeah, it's it's he's very ambi- it's very ambiguous in terms mm-hmm. of what his age is. You kind of left to just sit there and just go like he is an age. Like he just gets to sit around at home just in dinosaur pajamas. I'm like, dude, can I have that? Like I want to sit <laughs> around my house and just in dinosaur pajamas eating Cheetos and not worrying about anything. I was about to say, yeah, I was like you're like as an adult you're like, man, that that, that kid's living it up. <laughs> like, what I would get is just roll around in dino PJs, just watching TV and eating Cheetos. But instead of doing all of that, he runs into the garage where he encounters this really nice car. And, th- and I think this was the car from the flashbacks. We get, a f- um, we get another flashback with this kid going and putting dead animals in this nice car. Now, we can presume that this was Nick Cage's car, you know, when he was much younger. Do you if you want to mess with a man going through a midlife crisis, mess with his car. That'll I was about fuck to say, him up. I was about to say, because that's not that's not the car he uses on a daily basis. That's the car he doesn't use. That's a special and car. like and like <laughs> I was about to say any any time you see a dad who has a car that has a sheet over it mm-hmm. that he doesn't drive a whole lot. You're like. You know, if you do literally anything with that car, you will get hurt. Mm -hmm. You will just get hurt. (laughs) You can literally just go like sit in the back seat, and that will Mm -hmm. like cause him to go and just boomer rage just like that. (laughs) You're ruining the value. And you're like, Dad, it's covered in dust. (laughs) It's covered in dust and it hasn't been started since the 90s. Can you just like chill? (laughs) Shut up. It still works. Just needs, just needs to get, just needs to get the dust kicked out. Is all <laughs> out of the engine. So after this, we see the mom in what I can only really describe as like a Zumba class, and there's another like C plot, I guess, where she is having her own midlife crisis, talking about like these younger men and the friend that she is with, at, where they're eating at like I don't know. They're sitting back, you know, tropical smoothie. I don't fucking know. It doesn't. It doesn't matter to the plot. They're at like they're at like Jamba Juice or some shit. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. So they're sitting around talking about you know the glory days, 
the friend is talking about her. She's just like, I'm just hating. She's hating on her own kids, calls her a whore. And again, this is this is where I realized this is fuck them kids. The movie. She is just ruthlessly destroying her own flesh and blood. Yeah, she's 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 taking him to the fucking cleaner. She's like, man, she's like, my daughter ain't shit. My kid, my my son ain't shit. And he was like, damn, you're really you're really letting him have it. We go back to the classroom with the daughter where the teacher is teaching some principal. I, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. He gets a phone call where someone starts getting pulled out of class. He's like, okay, you know, go, tries to go along with it. But then after that, he gets another phone call where he just gets quiet all of a sudden. And if you're mm-hmm. in that situation, you know, if the teacher just all of a sudden gets quiet and just starts whispering, oh, something's wrong. Yeah, Something exactly. is very wrong. Yeah. But then after this, we go to the boyfriend who we mentioned earlier who we saw riding his bike while the girl while the girl while the daughter was talking on the phone with him he's taking his psat and he is sitting there taking his test and he looks out and he sees these parents are just crowding around the entranceway he's like oh you know he's like oh that that's weird you know whatever so we go back to the school where Surprise, surprise, daughter's buying drugs. And, mm-hmm. you know, big surprise. They're a teenager. What do you expect? And this is when we get a mob of people trying to go outside. And we get out there and we see just a line of parents standing at this gate with the kids, like, kind of standing there and trying to be like, you know, what, what's going on? It, it's confusing. Yeah. Exactly. It is. It is admittedly. You're sitting there just going like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. So we witness a Karen, I guess, getting pulled off of the fence, um, probably because they didn't let her put raisins in the potato salad again. <laughs> I was about to say she she they didn't let her make a bland ass potato salad, and she's just and she's just really not having it. She's asking to see the manager of the school. No, Karen, not allowed to put blueberries in the greens this year. We told you this last year. Like, how many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old woman? <laughs> Another SpongeBob reference on this show. I, I love it. <laughs> exactly. So they're, com- they're so they're coming up and they're, you know, it's a supposed it's a really intense scene, which again it is, like with this mob of people with the editing, you're kind of drawn in, you're like, okay, you know, like what's going on here? And then this one mama's boy, who I guess is just like, you know. Fuck this. I, w- I want to know what's going on. He jumps the fence to go to his mom. And then she like keys his his temple and just uses his keys to stab him in the side of the head. Yeah, she fucking just it's so it's so sudden, too, because you what you do, what it was literally it was quite literally a blink and you miss it because I sit there and I'm like, See the kid climb over, he gets pulled down, and all I see is the keys come up and the blood splatter. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I was like, damn. I was like, I look, I look away for a split second, and this chick is already just fucking gored her son. This is where like chaos just begins to ensue. We get a mob of people just kind of rushing through. 
um, and the parents are chasing after their kids. We get a dad killing his own daughter with a trash bag. We get someone who was almost stabbed with one of those like first down markers in football. <laughs> it, it, just, it is just a madhouse. And then like when, when I'm watching, I'm like, this is what I want from this movie. Absolutely. It's, I watched this scene where it's the adults like storm and the kids are like fucking sprinting as like people are getting people are killing each other and like cops are just randomly tackling old old people. I'm like, I'm saying they're just going like, no, this is exactly what I wanted. And I was like, I'm like, this is what I signed up for. Because again, the whole thing about the, these movies that we cover is you go in there with like an expectation. You're like, it, you're not going into mom and dad expecting Schindler's List or <laughs> the shot or like any movie that's going to require you to use like Schindler's, ass- Schindler's mom and dad. Schindler's mom and dad. <laughs> 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 it's just oscar oscar schindler just shows up as he's like housing thousands of people he just fucking snaps <laughs> give us that movie guys give us that we movie will, we will put nick cage in a world war ii drama and have him go nuts Tell you what, if we get big enough, we'll start a Kickstarter to see if we can make that happen. <laughs> we have so many movies that we need to do. We and Schindler's mom and dad has just entered the top of my list. <laughs> Schindler's mom and dad. I'm still just like that title is awesome. Yeah, exactly right. You're like you're like that's a mashup title right there. Because we were like just walking past a movie theater and you saw that, you'd be like. What? What? I need to see what's going on here. You're like, you're like, I remember you. The the, the sequel, no one asked for. <laughs> so I'm trying to gather myself. <laughs> you're still you're thinking about the banger that is Schindler's mom and dad. <laughs> so we go to the boyfriend. Where he returns home and starts taking out the trash. His dad's passed out watching TV. And when we come back in, we see static. And we saw this at the beginning. We see some static on the TV. And his dad comes out and just slaps the fuck out of him. And then he tries to stab him with a broken glass bottle. I'm like, okay, you know, this is kind of where the movie gets like, maybe, okay, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking this is where it gets a little bit more personal. We get to mm-hmm. see what it's like, you know, one-on-one with a character you know, dealing with this, dealing with a situation where parents are killing their kids. I'm like, okay, let's see what happens. And no, all of a sudden we get some choppy editing. The kid shoves a table at his dad. The dad trips and falls onto the broken glass and it stabs him in the neck. And then he just dies. And I got this editing is worse then that one scene in Taken 2 when Liam Neeson was trying to like jump that fence where they did like 20 cuts in the span of like 10 seconds. I just, I just, I'm glad you thought of that too. Cause I just see the, I just see this scene where the kid kicks the table. It is literally just like this, this pause where it pans to the kid, then cuts to the dad, cuts to the kid. And then the dad lunges and the kid kicks the table and then it's like 14 cuts. And then it just like the dad has a glass bottle in his neck and you're like, 
<laughs> you're sitting there just going like, I didn't know Liam Neeson was a part of this movie. <laughs> like, how the hell? <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's so choppy and it's like, it's, you're only able to catch what happened when the action is done. Yeah, exactly. You get context context when the when you see his neck injury. Mm-hmm. And speaking of more choppy editing, like there was choppy editing with this scene where it was like action. In the next scene, we get the mom looking at her looking in her wallet, and she's starting to believe, you know, oh, a teenage daughter is you know a little shit, and oh, she she finds this business card. I'm like, okay, you know, who who is this guy? So we go to the next scene where. She's sitting, talking to this guy. He's being a little bit too friendly. And I'm like, okay, is there going to be like a, you know, a, a fair plot? You know, maybe, you know, something's going on there. Yeah, this is, this is the C plot, potentially. Yeah, this is the D plot, I think, at this point. Now. <laughs> there are so many plots. And now he's saying something like, you know, go take some classes somewhere about not working. And then she is back in her car. And she is crying. And I'm just like, what? And then she gets a phone call about this bait about her sister giving birth. I'm like, uh, what? This is where it's like uh, less violence, but more like they're just throwing plot points at you and expecting you to just catch them. It's, it's like it's like the movie sits there and goes, OK, so now you're having a re- it's like they have their like action sequences where like, they're like, they're like, yeah, this is really balls to the wall, really nuts. Like, and all of that. And they're like, okay, so now we got to like, like, like the, like a Kung Fu movie you got, or like any action movie, you got to have times of like quiet slowness so that the action feels more like, like intense. Mm -hmm. This movie just goes, okay, but what if we made the slow points? Like, intense but in a different way so mm-hmm. it's like instead they trade out for like action and like gore for just confusion and intense confusion at that you're like just the whole time you're like okay someone's pregnant that she knows but someone she's trying to sleep so she's meeting up with someone who's trying to sleep with her and her friend knows that her daughter is staying you're like what oh my god <laughs> i can't keep up with this it's like dude chill the fuck out you're like we could just we could just stick to parents gone crazy we can we can that's a serviceable plot point plot line we don't need to add extra layers to it it's not a fucking onion all right like this movie isn't shrek this movie doesn't need layers this just needs parents killing their kids i'm i'm so glad you i'm so thank you thank you for picking up that shrek reference <laughs> you're welcome absolutely that's why we do this podcast you 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 guys tune in for this podcast to hear two idiots just ramble about movies they think are schlocky and for the memes absolutely specifically the dated memes absolutely absolutely our meme knowledge stopped at 2015 all right and if you can if you don't like that you can take a hike <laughs> no 2016 with the harambe reference earlier so absolutely as we, yeah, you know what you know what that did bring us up to 2016 i'm proud of us i'm proud of us we're moving forward a year 2017 will come about in three years so after this whole mom fiasco we go back with the daughter now she escaped from the craziness that was the school scene which is exactly what we wanted so the daughter and her friend they go to back to her friend's just nice house 
I mean, th- this house is like, you know, like, you know, her parents are obviously very well off. Yeah. And her friends, her, her and her friend are trying to figure out, you know, what's going on. Nobody's there. Her friend kind of sucks because she cannot tell, like, you know, oh, that like the daughter is clearly like shaken. So the friend goes upstairs and starts, you know, trying to find her mom. And then we get the weirdest, like what I think is the weirdest thing about this movie. Dr. Oz is in this. I, oh, yes, yes. I sat there and just like, I was like, I just saw Dr. Oz and I went, okay, movie, you, you brought this on yourself. Two things. One, why is he here? Two, it makes sense that he's here. Because, of course, a fucking scam artist like Dr. Oz is going to be in a movie like this. But I'm still, why, movie? Why is he here? Why the fuck is he here? Because he genuinely does not serve any point to the plot. You could have any idiot on the TV screen mm-hmm. just sit there and just go, oh, wow, what's going on with this? And, like, try and explain it. But you brought Dr. fucking Oz. This movie, like took its $4 million budget and just used like probably a million just to get Dr. Oz, a million for Dr. Oz cameo, a million for Nick Cage. And then the rest just kind of went everywhere. Exactly. Exactly. They, they literally spent half of their budget getting Dr. Oz and Nick Cage. <laughs> so when the friend goes upstairs, she encounters her mom who, you know, obviously starts attacking her own child. So, The daughter goes upstairs and sees her friend dying, getting choked out by her mother. And as soon as the mom knows, she just looks up and she's just like, oh, hey, kiddo. And this feels like a blatant just, you know, wink and a nod to the camera like, hey, we know what we're doing. Wink. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. The movie sitting there just like right next to you going like, eh? Ah, come on, come on. And you're like, you're like, you're just sitting there the whole time going, no, no, no. It feels like a less intense version of me, you madness. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. This, this is definitely like a less intense version of me, you madness. Me, you madness was like, was like a 40 year old woman who just like sat there and just in like a ten, in like a two hour period ingested about six years worth of memes. Mm hmm. Yeah, and it feels like that with Me, You, Madness, it really felt like somebody who was like in their 40s that maybe watched a too too much, you know, American Psycho and Quentin Tarantino movies. And they're like, oh, this, this, this is what I need to do to make a good movie. And then they yeah, go exactly. on that one and it just doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. So the mom goes to the hospital to see her sister giving birth and we see the father who, you know, there, there's a apparently a situation there. Okay, whatever. And the father films this childbirth on his GoPro that he got. It has like this weird fisheye lens that just kind of warps the perspective of everything. That like, if you're like pointing at yourself, it just makes your nose look just fucking massive. Dude, he's got the setup like he's about to go fucking snowboarding. Like he has a fisheye lens and a gimbal for a, for, for a handle for his GoPro. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, did you 
Did you fucking like hit the slopes before you came over to watch your wife give birth? Like you could just sit there and just like have your phone out and just hit record. But no, you've got this shit going on. Like the people who I'm half surprised I don't I'm half surprised I don't hear fucking Diplo in the background. The people who want to feel like, you know, cool, modern and extreme at this time period used GoPro. But nowadays they use 360 cameras. I was about to say, yeah, exactly. You just you. And the GoPro, you just see like you just see a Red Bull icon in the bottom left, and this woman giving birth. So the sister gives birth, and it's a success until we get static. And the next thing you know, the woman sees her, you know, just born baby, and she starts trying to kill her own daughter. Like she just tries to just stab it just immediately just out of the womb mm-hmm. yeah exactly she just sits there and just like she just starts squeezing the kid and like trying to stab the kid as all as all of the orderlies are like what the fuck i'm just like <laughs> just jumping on her so the mom ends up cutting the umbilical cord and the the um or the, yeah the sorry the mom's sister cuts the umbilical cord and then the mom takes the baby and they're trying to figure out the scene just kind of ends. And then we go immediately to the daughter just running down the street after, you know, witnessing her friend's mom kill her. But then her boyfriend somehow runs into her and they're like, okay, you know, just movie logic, I guess they yeah, exactly. continue to run down the street. And then this is when they say, Oh, you know, you can't like, they're not going to try to kill you if you're not their child. Which I'm like, oh, it's it's interesting. Like this is when it's explained. I'm like, it's interesting. You know, they only try to kill their own child, but it's cut later. It's immediately undercut within later in the movie, and we'll get there. We'll get there when we get there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then we go back to what the reason why we're here. We see Nick Cage in his corporate oh. America. Now I want to describe this scene to you. The sounds of porn fill the room of corporate America surrounded by those old motivational black bordered pictures and like Nick Cage. I was about to say, you just see the hang in there as like some girls moaning and like Nick Cage is like passed out. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's just the weirdest, like just like bring into a scene. You're like, and scene. And you're just like, it starts and you're just like the whole time you're like, you're like, oh, wow, this is one hell of a weird opener. <laughs> OK, so he has like a work, a work interaction, and then he just screams into the void out of frustration, which. We get, yeah, I was about to say, I was like, anyone we I was about to say, I, I, I wanted to sit there and just be like anyone over the age of of like anyone out of college knows that feel, but I'm like. You know what? Let's put it. Let's put like people who are like also like just getting into college too. Mm -hmm. Like, why not? Like, because like we've all had those moments where we've sat there and just been doing work and we've sat there and just like just gone, just screamed, just been like, just been like, ah, like, why me? But you, even if like you, you've worked a job when you were a teenager where you were like, I, I don't want to do this. I'm just doing this for the paycheck. Yeah, you're like you're like I literally am doing this purely because I get enough money to buy to buy overpriced weed out of this. All right. We go back to the hospital. The mom's trying to protect the baby. She's not agreeing to 
you know, give the baby back saying, oh, we need to protect the children. But then we cut to the next scene where it's like what I can best describe as the soundtrack of Cuphead as a row (laughs) of dads are like looking at all like this, you know, the room of newborn babies that you always see in the movie where they're all in like their own like crib and they're just like ready to they have this like look on their face where they're ready to like eat their own children like in that one Darren Aronofsky film mother where they're just like yes I I am just I am ready (laughs) it's just it's just I know it's supposed to look intense but it just looks so goofy you just see all these dads just creepily just like just just stone face staring into the fucking incubation room or whatever the fuck. <laughs> it's just funny. It's just funny. I just saw that and just laughed. I was like, what the what the actual hell? I think I saw people describe this movie as a comedy horror film. Um, in which case, I mean this they, they did it here. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So the mom hears all this shit that's going on. She tries to call home and, you know, talk to her daughter and trying to like, you know, resident like trying to say like, hey, like what's going on? Like I need to talk to my to my kids. But then we go back to the teenager who returns home while the maid from earlier is back in their house and she's just like mopping something up and we find out she's mopping up the blood of her own child which that is so fucking metal yeah it's yeah she's the best part is she's like so fucking laissez-faire about the whole thing she's like oh this whole thing yeah you know what i'm just mopping it up real quick then i'll i'll, I'll just skedaddle I'll get out of your like, do, you want, do you want some lunch do you want some lunch she's just like no I, i'm okay yeah and like and like the tea and like the teenage girl and her boyfriend are, are both like no, oh, we're good. You should you should probably leave. And she's like, I can I can whip you up something real quick if you want. They're like, no, no, it's actually pretty okay. The mob is just sitting there, just like just dripping with blood. Yeah, and the kids are like, oh, it's all good. You should you should get the fuck out though. So the sister is like trying to find her little brother. She goes upstairs and finds him underneath his bed, wearing like there's the teenage mutant ninja turtles, like the little eye things that they would wear like he's wearing like the blue one so he's obviously leonardo but to be honest if he didn't want to be a little bitch he would have worn a red one because you know Raphael is a fucking badass and leonardo is just a little pussy you know you know honestly honestly it makes sense since you were listening since you were listening to kyle core and dressing oh, in, like you. dressing in boot cut jeans fuck it you. makes sense that, it makes sense that you're like the edgy one with size is the one that speaks to me like it's i was like i could fucking hear ocean avenue as you uh, playing as you fucking said that <laughs> jesus christ listen man as a scholar of kyle core i know my place I know what I like, and I am not going to take this judgment if from I you. Find you would get <laughs> Guys, our next episode is going to be a Kyle Core album review by myself and Michael Flaherty. So just be on the lookout. I, I swear! Oh my god, if, yo! If we ever, yo, if we ever start another podcast, bro, it is going to be music, man. It is going to be Kyle Core, just Kyle Core exclusively. It ended up being like 20 episodes and that's it. Exactly. It's literally going to be 20 episodes and then we, we're done. <laughs> so the maid leaves and what's driving up the road is honestly the most 
menacing thing that I think these filmmakers could have put in this movie. And what that is, it's a the silver 2018 Toyota Corolla driven by Nick Cage. That's the most that's the most generic adult car. I got to be honest, like but it's also the most terrifying because Nick Cage is driving it. <laughs> like if you saw Nick Cage driving like it feels like the more innocuous of a vehicle Nick Cage drives, the more you're like, oh shit, he's off his rocker. Because mm-hmm. like if Nick Cage pulled up in like a 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 yellow like Lincoln Continental, you'd be like, this fits. Yeah, it works. If it was like it could be a car that's fucking polka dotted, and you'd be like, it's Nick Cage. This makes sense. But like just a gray Toyota Corolla, you're like. This man's nuts. You're like, fuck, this guy's, this guy's, this guy's lost it, everybody. Oh, God. And obviously he comes in and he encounters the boyfriend who he doesn't like. And we, this is where we get like Nick, the Nick Cage of Nick Cage, where he comes in and he starts doing like, you know, his whole, you can't even describe it. You just gotta say he just starts being Nick Cage where he comes in and turns into full boomer dad mode for this film. Talking about like, you know, oh, it's 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 hormones and he's trying to be like a dad, but it's just coming off as Nick Cage. And he's like, you know, I, I wasn't young. I wasn't young that long ago. And he, <laughs> he, 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 he does the fucking back in my day bullshit. This man pulls me when I was your age, there was respect. <laughs> and I'm they're just like, Oh my god. No, no okay. Teenagers have always been little shits. <laughs> like, great, great. Thanks, Nick Cage. Thanks. And there is this one line that he did that I would just like to read for all of you. It goes like this Mouth to dildo, dildo to ass, ass to ass. Hi, Brent. Anal beads. Things I only saw in magazines and expectations that come with that. I need, then this is me talking now. I need a copy of that script to see if that was like actually like written down, like pen to paper, or if Nick Cage just, just said it, you know, just, I, that's what he was feeling. If, if Nick Cage fucking ad libbed that, I would sit there and just go, you know what? Fuck, you know what? I fuck all those arguments on who's the best actor in Hollywood. It's Nick Cage, baby. Because if a man can, with a straight face, say mouth to ass, ass to ass, like, and not like crack up or do it or like, do it's just, that's just so nuts. He did the line like, right. Like, like, screw Requiem for a Dream. They did not do that line justice. That's Nick Cage's line, baby. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's, it is here where I was like, I love this. Like, this is awesome. (laughs) You're like, I need this movie in my life. And then Cage snaps and starts just his hands turn E for everyone and starts throwing hands with the boyfriend, (laughs) which he throws to the ground and he like relishes this moment. Like he takes his hand, looks up to the sky and like with a look of like, Oh, I'm going to fucking enjoy this. Like, an undescribable emotion, and then he karate chops the boyfriend in the back of the head, and then blood pours from his mouth. 
Yeah, it's, I just, one, again, I just want to sit there and just reiterate that according to this movie's logic, he did this knowingly Mm -hmm. and willingly. Like, according to this movie's logic, Nick Cage, because like, again, remember, the only thing that makes the parents crazy is, is there is they only want to kill their own kids. Mm -hmm. So by this movie's fucking logic, Nick Cage just went, I've had enough. I'm going to kill you. And he just fucking just starts going after him. And you're like, that that just makes it even better. And you're just like, you're like this grown 15 year old man just snapped just because some 17 year old was supposedly horny. Yeah, it's that you see, this is what happens when you put Nick Cage in khakis and try to contain him. It just doesn't work. Exactly. Exactly. He is. He he's he is he is not a man that is meant to be driving a Toyota Corolla in khakis. <laughs> so I don't know if we mentioned this earlier, but the wife Kendall she gets exposed to this static, and now she wants to go home and kill her own kids. But after this scene where Nick Cage beats up the boyfriend, we get a- another flashback to him building stuff in his basement. You know, like typical dad stuff. You know listening to punk rock in his basement, making a pool table, you know, setting up like, you know, the table and everything. And this was like, I was like, okay, it's less boomer dad now and more like, you know, Gen X dad. Yeah, exactly. He's no longer doing the back in my day thing. <laughs> now he's like, now he's like, now he's like still gripping onto his like younger years by listening to like, hardcore music from the 80s and like building like uh, building like a pool table that you could easily find at like a fucking bar <laughs> he got like one of those build your own pool kits like it wasn't like he built it from scratch or anything he just went by i don't know walmart and was like oh yeah this will do and he just you know he literally does they carry in the stands and all he does is start <laughs> screwing shit in like <laughs> And then his wife comes down and is like, you know, like, what what are you doing? Like, why are you building this man cave? And he's like, it's not a man cave, Kendall. And Cage is like, maybe there should be a, a grown-up zone. And maybe there should be a kid zone. Basically saying like, hey, get the fuck out of my man cave, woman. This is where I need to be. Or, or, or in other words, fuck them kids. Fuck them kids. Exactly. Yeah, it's... it's- is at this point when you are listening to this podcast where you are going to the hospital. <laughs> I was about to say, have fun getting your stomach pumped. <laughs> you can play this to the EMTs as they drive you there. And they'd probably just be like, what the fuck are you doing listening to these idiots? <laughs> like, why? Why'd you let them convince you to take shots? You know, it's kind of like it's kind of like in mom and dad where like we're the static and it's just like, you know, I, oh, yeah. like, I just, I, I, the listeners are just like, I, I just need to do it, man. Like, I, I, I just, just have to. Drunk. I just got I just got to get drunk. I just got to get drunk. So after the mom lectures him, Cage starts yelling and destroying this table where and more glorious Nick Cageisms, where he starts singing the hokey pokey. And he has a sledgehammer and is beating the table with it. I am here for this guy. It's like he does like a whole Transformers thing and turns into a boomer Kyle. And next thing you know, it'll be like (laughs) punching drywall. I, it is, it is just, he hulks out and he's just like, 
I don't know what the fuck. Like, most of the time, I can sit there, and anytime a ridiculous scene pops up, I can go, I know where they were going for with this scene. I don't know what the fuck they were expecting to come out of this scene. Because Nick Cage enragedly destroying a pool table while singing the hokey pokey. I don't know how that's supposed to be intense or really, like, feeling. Just because, like, I was I was dying. I was literally fucking dying. <laughs> Which and this brings up a good point. I want to point out that in the credits of this movie, you actually see like when they're crediting the soundtrack, they mention that the hokey pokey and they credit it as performed by Nick Cage. And I really hope that like Nick, this was another like random improv scene by Nick Cage where he just started just singing the hokey pokey. And then the guys was like, oh, fuck, we're gonna have to contact legal now. <laughs> I just I do. I, I just want to sit there and think I, I, I want to think that most of the craziness, the crazy memorable scenes in like Nick Cage movies are entirely improv like the wicker man's not the bees, not the bees. As he's like, was totally, he was like, what if we, imp- what if, what if you guys dumped bees into a mask? And then like, and then now this one is just him like singing the hokey pokey as he's like ruining the fucking pool table. And in Ghost Rider, they actually weren't originally like filming Ghost Rider. But then when they filmed the scene where like Nick Cage just started like acting manic, they're like, okay. So we're going to turn this movie into Ghost Rider now because, like, that scene was just gold. <laughs> exactly. Literally, they were sitting there trying to, like, he, he was, he's, I mean, he was honestly dressed up like someone from fucking, uh, from what's it called? From Mom and Dad. It's, it was just him. It's just the scene of him going crazy. <laughs> and they're just like, okay, what if we made Ghost Rider out of this? <laughs> and as he's hitting this table, we get these, like, random sharp cuts to the signs of, like, you know, just married and family pictures and they might as well have just thrown like a like a live laugh love in there because it's just like just just white women white women just white women shit just everywhere (laughs) just it's just just the most generic like wine jokes in live laugh love and you're just like i i hate this all of this is just terrible (laughs) you're like i i i I get it, like white people. <laughs> but there is, again, it's what it's like here where I mentioned earlier. Nick Cage, you are paying attention. Like with this film, you're not like it may not be for the reasons the filmmakers intended, but I am paying attention to this man suffer a major meltdown while he's singing the hokey pokey. And I'm here for it. <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say, you know what? Most of the time we give a lot of flack to bad movies Mm -hmm. for like going over the top or something like that. But I got to be honest, there are plenty of those bad movies that I've sat through that are just boring. Mm -hmm. It's just it's just they're not like hilarious bad or like over the top bad Mm -hmm. or any like any of the other bads that we've like categorized here. It's just like boring. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, you're like, damn, I just don't like this. Just period. But like this, oh, I'm here for it. I'm glad it's bad. Yeah, there is definitely like I heard this thing when I was in college where the worst thing like you can have like a good movie or you can have a really like bad movie, but you're entertained. The worst thing that you can ever have is a boring movie. And Nick Cage just does not provide 
boring movies. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's the man. The man will make the movie awesome no matter what, which I got to say, perhaps that's a plus. Mm -hmm. Perhaps. I mean, when we get him for the Schindler's List sequel, Schindler's mom and dad, like it's going to (laughs) work. I want to see. I want to see Nick Cage's Oscar Schindler. I just want to see Nick Cage's Oscar Schindler, but also looping in all of the dumb tropes from mom and dad. Like Nick Cage talking about how he was supposed to grab life by the balls and squeeze and talking about how his kill ratio was nine out of 10. It was a hundred percent sex. And now he's got like this cottage cheese, butter fucking waistline. And his salary went from like 105,000 to 45,000, which what the fuck happened there? <laughs> I was about to say, I was like, they're in the midst. So, so if you if you didn't catch on, he was he was quoting the meltdown that Nick Cage has in the movie, and his final like drop in the thing, it drop in the bucket before he sits there and just starts crying. Is he sits there and goes, I went from a hundred and like sixty thousand to forty fucking five thousand, and. Like Max, I sat there and went, what did you do? You did something. It's not like it's not, you don't sit there and like have those have that pay and that qualification for that pay and then get bumped down to 45 grand and not have fucked up massively. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's like even by recession standards, like 2008 recession standards, which this does not take place in. That would be nuts. That would be nuts. We're just like, that shows that we are adults. We're just like, what the fuck happened? Like, look, I get I get everything else, but like, you lost out on how much money? <laughs> Who did you what sleep did you with? I'm about to say, I was about to say, did you sleep with your boss's wife? Like, why did you get blackballed this hard? So, okay, juxtapose what we just talked about. We spent like a lot of time just talking about Nick Cage's meltdown here. Take that and then compare it to the mom's meltdown, which is a lot more subtle, where she says, you know, one day you'll create life and no matter what you thought it would be, it's it's not like that, you know, and she's going through the scene. I'm like, I am now like less entertained by you talking here. It's like now we're just mom and dad. Yeah, exactly. No, she try. She's trying to see. I feel like Nick Cage is doing like is doing what the movie what the movie deserves mm-hmm. in terms of like in in terms of like meltdown. Like the movie doesn't deserve a real like honest to God like what what is my direction? Mm-hmm. It's it deserves you do the hokey pokey as you're like destroying your pool table. And she's giving the movie what it wanted, mm-hmm. which is like a real like or or what she she's acting to the best of her abilities. It's just the movie sucks. Yeah. Where is she's just going like, what do I do? I had so much and now I'm just an adult. And you're like, this sucks. Get back to the killing. Get back to the hokey pokey. I like I was like, fuck this. I don't want I don't want to hear this woman like. Just, 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 just quietly, quietly lament about her current direction. I want to watch a man say cottage fucking cheese and forty five thousand dollars as he's like breaking something. 
that is what we need. Know what know what you have and stick with it. So we go to the few we go back to present day where the mom is driving back, you know, trying to get with her kid, get, trying to find her kids. And we get another random character, an NPC, and she just pushes her child in front of this moving car. <laughs> and the mom oh, has yeah. like swerve out of the way to like avoid it. <laughs> and, yeah. And she she gets back home and wanders in to find Nick Cage just passed out on the ground, which I feel like is probably how most people find Nick Cage is just kind of, you know, either asleep or just raging somewhere. I was like, you make him sound like he's like Andrew WK or like Bam Margera, where it's like he's either going crazy partying or he's passed out. <laughs> Isn't that how you want to be? I maybe not at Nick Cage's age. Like maybe between the ages of like fifteen and like thirty, like you're like uh, yeah, but like you got five more years. That, maybe you it's got a little- five more years. Oh God. <laughs> so they wake up. So they, the mom and the dad, huh, come together and decide like, okay, we're gonna kill our kids. And the teenager and the son are now in the basement. They are trying to hide away from their parents. Cage starts banging on the wall. We get more more isms here where he's screaming, you motherfuckers, you motherfuckers are going to open this fucking door. And then he goes into saying, Joshi, Joshi. <laughs> and he's crying, this high-pitched whatever it's it's just insane like actually actually you know the hokey bogey was awesome but this was the one where i just died because like i'm just listening to this guy go joshi <laughs> your mother and then he says motherfucker or like fucker like six times in a single sentence and i'm like if this is dialogue whoever created this dialogue needs to be hurt (laughs) like i was like who 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 talks like this so they're trying to break through this door as nick cage is having a mental breakdown and the mom's like "Ooh, i have an idea so she grows so she goes away and grabs a fucking sawzall and we get the classic line that means it saws all and i'm like i hate this mo- i hate this movie for that i, I hate yeah that. you i i heard that and went oh brother <laughs> but what didn't make me say oh brother was so they're trying to saw so they're trying to use the saws all to get through the door and we get another this movie has a lot of flashbacks we get a flashback to the son in the parents bedroom and he found a gun and he just starts oh. playing with it. No, no, I I want to talk about this scene. Go ahead. So this fucking this fucking scene. This kid literally is sitting there and just doing. He literally just does the full fucking taxi driver scene. Because for those of you who have not seen Taxi Driver, there is this scene where Robert De Niro poses shirtless in front of a mirror with a gun, and then starts like hyping himself up, going like, "Oh yeah, he does the he does the classic. You talking to me?" You talking to me? There's no one else here, so I think you're talking to me right now. 
And the kid literally just fucking does it. <laughs> the kid literally does the full, like, stick him up, asshole. Like, like you're talking to me? <laughs> like, sort of bullshit. And I'm sitting there just like, like, the, the putting the movie aside, the whole scene, <laughs> I have to sit there and just look at whoever directed the scene, whoever thought of the scene, and just go, why? <laughs> like, what does this serve? Like, you, you can just sit there and just go, like, the kid found the gun and like runs off with it or like in the midst of like the kids scurrying down to the basement mm-hmm. like they run off the kid runs up and grabs the briefcase and runs out with it like but no they're just no they're like like we need the kid to sit there and reenact like a hard ass fucking movie <laughs> starting from the 70s starring robert de niro i bet you like the kid was just like what's taxi driver and the director just sat and was like, all right, you're going to sit here. This is your homework. You're going to be watching this. And the mom of the kids just sitting over there just like, you are not going to show him that. The yeah, fuck exactly. do you mean? He's like, he's like, he's like, all right, you're like, you're like what? 18? Seven. Close enough. That's, that's close enough. That's close enough. You're going to watch Taxi Driver. And the kid's like, oh, okay. So the reason that he has the gun is, you know, that's set up in the scene that Mike described. And then the mom gets fucking got by her own son, and she gets shot. Dude, she gets fucking Tupac'd by her own fucking kid, like like fucking wheels in fucking packing me. She just gets fucking. She just gets. She gets fucking hit with the fucking blicky. Like the kid just fucking aces her, and she's just sitting there with a massive fucking gunshot wound, going, "Holy fuck! Holy fuck!" I love this movie. <laughs> this movie this movie rules. This movie fucking rules. So like you do when you get shot, you need to, you know, get it taken care of. So Nick Cage plays the medic, which I wish he would play my medic, because that would just be just fucking awesome. So he just pours like a whole container of alcohol on the wound. And it's just like <laughs> one, two, five, six, seven, and just like trying to get his wife to get be distracted from the pain. I I just love how much he uses to clean the wound. You're like you're like I I get it. It's a gunshot wound. That shit's real serious. That being said, the man just sits there and uncaps the hydrogen peroxide and goes down the hatch, and he just like just dumps like a liter of hydrogen peroxide on this one wound. So dude, like, dude, I, I think like you know maybe a little bit less than that would have worked. <laughs> you're like, you're like, you're like, my man, the wound is clean. The wound is clean. We don't need any more. Nick Cage is like that dude at Olive Garden, just sprinkling the sprinkling the cheese on the side. I was like, all right, say when. I was like, like, saying when. <laughs> he just doesn't say when. So they try to devise this plan where, you know, trying to get their kids out. So what happens? We get more Gen X uh, punk rock music and Nick Cage starts moving stuff around. He's trying to, like, configure something. And what he configures is a gas. He's going to gas chamber his own children. (laughs) Yeah, that's I, I, I sat there and was initially like, what are they doing? And I was like oh, like, are they going to flood the room? And then I saw them, like, turn on the gas, and I was like, oh, my God, they're going to gas the kids. <laughs> I'm just like, what? <laughs> so as as they're, like, setting this up, the mom, like, she's 
tape she's like because from the bullet hole she has to like tape it up like tape up the bullet holes that are going through so no gas leaks through and they're able to get out and there's like some weird soundtrack of like a plane landing i think and mm-hmm. the teenager almost gets stabbed in the face <laughs> this yeah. scene this scene is like you know who would have thought that killing kids would save their marriage <laughs> I was about to say, like, I feel like they, they actually, like, don't they? I, I could have sworn there's an actual scene where they start getting along again. Like, there's mm-hmm. no, like, me, you don't do this, you don't do that. And they're, like, laughing and making jokes. And you're like, is this movie supposed to tell me that their, like, marriage is getting repaired from, like, <laughs> wanting to murder their children? And what do we say to that? Fuck them kids. Fuck them kids. <laughs> so the kids are trying to, like, figure out, like, what to do. Um, the teenager, she has a line where she says, I don't know what I could have done to stop this. And as I was watching this, I was with my girlfriend while I was watching this. She responded by saying, uh, maybe I've been a blowjob instead. Ha! Oh, ha! damn, damn. She really striking at the source. Like, just... just really just going for it. I was about to say, I mean, like, damn just just striking at the fucking just heart of it heart of the fucking issue so they try so the kids end up configuring this thing where it's like they find some matches and some duct tape where they set up this thing where it's like they tape the matches to the bottom of the door and then put the the striking strip underneath so like when you open it it'll strike it and then it'll explode and the kids also find a way to, like, get out of the basement, which, I mean, why the fuck don't they just, you know, just run? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I will never I understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the kids end up leaving the basement through the AC. And as as mom and dad are going to open the door, it triggers the trap. It lights the matches and with the gas building up down there, it explodes and sends Nick Cage just careening backwards and I guess Nick Cage just isn't cool because he looked at explosions because as we all know cool guys don't look at explosions don't look at explosions couldn't have said it better myself Lonely Island thank you the hell was about to say thank you for that bar And after the explosion, the boyfriend starts moving, which it's about damn time. Dude's been knocked out for like, I don't know, four hours. Like, what? No, (laughs) I literally sat there and I literally paused the movie and went fucking how? Because the boyfriend literally he gets just just finishing moved like a WWE move punched in the back of the skull by Nick Cage and blood pours out of his head. And you're so. Like, I don't know. I'm not a fucking medic, but usually when they do that in movies, the person is dead. And then this kid just gets up just like like he fucking like like he slept wrong. And it's just like, all right, whoa, whew, that was a tough nap, everybody. And then he's like, not only that, but he gets up and he's ready to fucking swing again. Like he's up and at him. He's like, all right, that nap did me some good. Now let's go. Yeah, and you're not, like, you're sitting there just going, like, you don't, like, you're not dead. Or if you are dead, you don't just have just straight-up brain damage. So once he wakes up, 
it's after this, the dubstep starts kicking in and the kids, they come back in for some reason after the explosion and the mom starts chasing after her daughter, which again is immediately undercut with flashbacks of the teenager as a kid with her mom, where the mom is saying, I'll never harm you. And that's supposed to be ironic because look at what's going on here. The teenager yeah. and mom, they're just fighting each other. The teenager bites her mom. The boyfriend comes to the rescue, which again, with the mom fighting this off this kid, it just kind of goes against this movie's own established rules. Yeah, it's it's just well the thing about it is is just like it's like the movie established the law that like the parents don't have a drive to kill anyone except for their own children. Mm-hmm. And then just like Nick Cage and and uh what's uh Selma Blair, that's who the actress is. Nick Cage and Selma Blair have zero issue fucking murdering this kid. And I'm saying they're just like, okay, either the parents have a lot more to deal with than just their midlife crisis Mm -hmm. (laughs) or the movie just said fuck it adults want to kill kids (laughs) it like started off as parents wanting to kill their own kids but then Mm -hmm. once like they got back he's like yeah fuck it who who really cares this movie's only going to make one hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars at the box office anyways (laughs) exactly they're like yeah this is this is totally getting flushed down the toilet all right let's just do this so they fight, they trap the mom in the closet and, you know, they could have done a million different things to keep her in the closet. Um, but instead, you know, the, the daughter and the boyfriend just kind of pointlessly flirt. And the boyfriend says, you know, I'm kind of glad that my parents got divorced. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, in this situation, fair, I guess. I was about to say, I was like, in every other conceivable way, uh, that really no, you're not the winner in this. But yeah, no, in this one specific scenario that no one saw coming, you did kind of win, I guess. I'll give you that subtle fucking win out of the left field. So after they're done, like when they're in the middle of when they're flirting, the mom like tries to break through the door and she's got a coat hanger now and is trying to like attack the daughter and her boyfriend. And we get a pretty metal scene where we get a coat hanger through the cheek and i'm like hell like from on the boyfriend i'm like hell yeah homemade piercing just straight to the face yeah man man got man got an impromptu piercing right there (laughs) and then he gets kicked off the fucking staircase and just not staircase like over the ledge he just hits the ground i'm like is that it now literally I, I, I sat there and I was like, okay, so that's it. Yeah. I literally was just like, how? I was like, I was like, the boyfriend is awake, contributes very little, borderline nothing, and then just gets thrown off a legend dice. And you're like, why? 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 Why is this? Why is this? Why is he? Why was he brought back? He did nothing. All he did was flirt, go, Man, I'm glad that divorce happened and then die. Like, <laughs> And we go back to the, the man of the hour, Nick Cage. He is bloodied. He's got like fruit loops stuck on his face. He's talking about the sawzall. And that's going to be the last image I ever see. The 
Daughter's apologizing, saying, Mom, I'm sorry, I said you have no friends. Nick Cage just repeatedly saying, it saw us all. It saw us all. It saw us all. And we get so much choppy editing when it's undercut with an immediate ding-dong, a doorbell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And this is when the grandparents have arrived. (laughs) This is when it goes from, goes from, all right, it's okay. It's something to like. Be, be, to like, I'm I'm here with this movie. I love it. To go, oh yes, 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 yes. More people, more people. Yes. And the way it begins is like the grandparents arrive and the uh, grandma pepper sprays Nick Cage and then stabs him. <laughs> it's just literally like it's just it's so there's no warm-up there's nothing it is just boom right they're right into it like it's like it's like like randy orton showing up out of nowhere with a fucking folding chair like it's just they're just they're they're already fucking prepped Next thing you know, the grandpa's just going to do RKO out of nowhere. <laughs> I was about to say, he does a fucking tombstone. <laughs> the stone cold stunner just on Nick Cage. <laughs> Everyone else. Uh, the, the next scene, everyone's just in a ring and they're all in like WWE outfits. <laughs> like some guy, some guy shows up dressed like the Undertaker and another one is dressed like Rey Mysterio. <laughs> by God, by God, by God, that's Nick Cage with a steel chair. <laughs> Oh my god. Did you just spit out your drink? No, no, I didn't. I mean, I always did, but no, I didn't. Damn it. Now, before we lose half of the audience that isn't from the rural rural parts of the U.S., let's circle back. Circling back, fight scene breaks out. We get the three generations. And of course, you know, granddad looks at grandson. He's like, oh, there's my little piss and vinegar. And I'm like, wholesome cool <laughs> you're like you're like all right granddad okay here whatever yeah granddad's vibes are like the type that say hey i'm gonna teach you about surviving in the wilderness and then they drive you just in the middle of like the appalachia mountains and they just drop you off and just leave you like yeah this will teach you about That's survival they're, they're like hey you hey <laughs> they just drop you off in the middle of the wilderness and they go i know these was like the back of my hand you got two hours, build a campfire, and they just leave. And you're like, like, he definitely has that energy. <laughs> so that happens. Nick Cage chases his son as he's like barking like a dog at him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Cage's mom calls um, the wife a whore and not good enough. And the classic line of Kendall's not even a real name. <laughs> Oh yeah, she fucking dunks on the mom's name, and you're like, you're like, get her ass, like, get her ass. You guys it. aren't related, therefore you shouldn't want to kill each other. But, but this you, movie's really hyping it up like you do. But you know what? Mother-in-law talking to daughter-in-law, like those feels run deep. Exactly. And we, then we get a flashback, another one. I think this is the final one of the movie. God help us, where Nick Cage is talking to his son. And I'm assuming this is talking about, you know, leaving the dead animal and the, you know, his prized possession of the car saying, you fucked up, son. He's talking about his car and talking about when he was young and stealing his dad's car. 
and he's just given off like this peaked in high school energy. He he he's also talking to his kid like he's one of his bros at the bar. Like he he still has peaked in high school energy, but he's like he's like dude, he's like he's like man, this car mom won't even get in it. So I was cuz I was hitting it so hard back in high school. And the, the kid's like 7. <laughs> and he's like he's like and like he just sits there and goes, "Yeah, it's fucking nuts, man. High school was fucking crazy." And you're like, "This is your seven-year-old child. Why are you talking to him like like you and I, you and him are having brews on a Saturday?" Like, well, yeah, it's like Nick. It's like Nick Cage is at like some weird high school reunion, and he is talking to that kid that was like in the grade below him, or maybe in two grades below him that he kind of you know took under his wing in high school. You know, like try to like show him the ropes and everything, but now it's like ten years later, he's still trying to do that, and it's just like (laughs) it's just like, dude, we're basically the same age now. It it, it's not working anymore. He's literally he's literally just doing the you'll learn, kid, you'll learn, and you're just like, my man, I you are like a year older than me. Let's let's pull it back for a second. (laughs) He's describing his car as a as a pussy magnet. Oh, sorry, chick magnet to his call to his son no and it, he literally goes he literally goes it was a pussy magnet and then he goes looks at the kid and goes sorry chick magnet and you're like you didn't save it you didn't save it you just now you just made the kid more like confused he's trying to play now the kid you're just trying to play cool dad you know and here is also where i don't know if you picked up on this but guys go back and watch this movie in this scene nick cage like picks up his beer can and then like like tongue fucks it like he like he licks the beer like my man literally goes like carpet munching on this beer can and it is so brief that i had to rewind it so many times to be sure i saw what i what i, I saw what oh I yeah saw. i very briefly saw him just sit there and just like just start tongue fucking the like can that. and i was like <laughs> yeah i was just like just like what the f- what? What the hell are you doing? <laughs> like my man was being a cunning linguist on that can. Good God! <laughs> All right, so he sits there and just acts like a fucking animal in front of his seven-year-old son. <laughs> and yeah, I had yeah, my girlfriend can attest this. Like I was watching, I was like, Wait, did you just see that? She's like, what? I was like, no, 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 rewind it, like. Did you see that? I had to be sure that it wasn't like some weird, dark, warped part of my mind that just made yeah, that up. You, yeah, you had to sit there and just like sit there and go, I, I, no, my mind has to be like just fucked. And you're like, no, no, the movie just did that. And you're like, okay, cool, cool. All right, all right, sure, sure, whatever. <laughs> whatever. So Cage ends the, ends the whole flashback by telling his son, if you ever touch that car again, I'll fucking kill you. And then, of course, what do we get? We get a smash cut into Cage just smashing the sunroofs like it was his girlfriend when he was driving that car. Oh, my God. Oh, bringing it back. It's all coming full circle, man. Absolutely. So Grandpa stabs Cage's leg. We get like old people jokes where Grandpa says, I fought in wars. What have you done? And yeah, exactly. The mom just fucking just smacks the shit out of Grandma. The mom hits the teenager with a meat hammer in the front yard. Grandma tries to attack mom and mom just flips her into the driveway where she gets 
sideswiped by Nick Cage in this car and just just smacks the hood of it like <laughs> oh, like yeah. I should just no he just mm. yeah no it's just he literally turns and just fucking smacks the hood and you're just like all right sure okay fuck it grandma goes like flying through the air and then grandpa eats it on the hood of the car and they're mm-hmm. like, what, like, what the fuck? Okay, so grandma and grandpa are taken care of, but the boyfriend he hasn't, he didn't actually die. He comes back and stands oh, up for God. his girlfriend. Like this man will not die. I was about to say this dude's like a fucking cat. This dude has multiple fucking lives. Like he gets death blows multiple times, and he's just like. All right, round two, baby. <laughs> no. Why is your ass still here, bro? You should be dead. Like, no. This, this guy is like that one dude you knew in college where it's like, you know, it's like the pregame. It's like, I don't know, like eight o'clock, nine o'clock. And like, he's already out. And you're like, oh, I, I guess he's just not going to make it. And then it gets to like 10 o'clock and he's back up and he's like ready to go again. You're like, okay, no, he's, he's back. He, he, he rallied. And then it gets to like, you know, 12 o'clock. And he's like passed out. He's like throwing up in front of the bar. Like, okay, well, I guess we'll take him home. And as you take him back, he just comes to him. He's like, nope, nope, nope. Turn this fucking car around. I'm going back. And you're like, oh, just stop, man. Sit down. <laughs> you're like, you're like, you're like, no, you, we've done this multiple times. Stop. Pick a lane. Pick a lane and stay in the fucking lane. Okay. I can't turn this car around multiple times. All right. So the boyfriend stands up for his girlfriend and like, like any boyfriend trying to make a good impression just commits domestic violence on his girlfriend's parents. Oh yeah. He, he, he sits there and goes, he literally goes, these hands are not only bisexual, but rated E for everyone and just starts going after everybody. So after this, we see the parents all tied up. Like they're, I guess they're like, you know, they've done some weird configuration where there's like a pole in the basement and they've like handcuffed them. And they're still getting like this weird static where they're still hearing it. The kids are trying to like reason with like, you know, like what's, what, what's going on? Like, you know, we, we, we still want to help you. And I'm like, okay, you know, this is like a good way to like, you know, this is like where the climax is going to come into play or so something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, a yeah, pool yeah. ball rolls towards Nick Cage. We see him grab it. And then like, okay, no, like, What's going to happen? I'm I'm already I'm ready for the insanity that's about to come. And Nick Cage says, we love you both. But sometimes we just want to. And then the movie ends like that's it. That that is that is yeah. literal. That that is that is the end of the movie. It's it literally just cuts off like the Sopranos, but just without any of the interesting intrigue that goes along with it. Like he literally just like ran out of fucking budget and was just like was just like I ah, just cut it here and you're like how how what I literally sat there and went I I literally sat there and like as it cut off I went wait that's it mm-hmm. <laughs> like I literally went holy shit we're done okay cool like it real like again you know you got this feels like it was like about to set up like Act Three like I was like okay so we're here this is end game what's about to happen and then and then all of a sudden it is just over that's it that there is nothing 
else after there's not a post credit scene. It's just we end with Nick Cage tied up in a basement about to call his kids a little shit. Or maybe he will say, fuck them kids. Absolutely. Got to get got to get one last one in. So. Guys, that's the movie. But before we leave this movie on hold, Mike, I, I have one question for you. Oh, now, Mike, in a movie called Mom and Dad, if you were in this situation, would you have survived? What would I? Uh, oh, where my parents were trying to kill me? Yep. <laughs> I feel like this is I feel like I feel like this is one of those scenarios where it's like the zombie apocalypse mm-hmm. because I'm going by the latter mo- half of the movie's idea where it's just everyone. If it is an adult, mm-hmm. they want to kill you. And I'm like, and, and again, it's every person in a zombie apocalypse scenario always overestimates their ability to survive. Oh, yeah. But. <laughs> This one, I feel like there's a real shot. Because it's only people over a specific age. Like, you can just dig and, deep. And, and, if, and if we're talking teenager me, teenage, teenage Michael, in his cross-country heyday, I may actually do okay. I'm not even going to lie. I, I, was like, I sit there and just like, just like, there's, could I handle myself in a fight? No, I'd get my ass kicked. Could I survive out in the wild i may be able to make a campfire that's probably about it could i run away you bet your ass i could you bet your fucking ass i could run i could run away like it was nothing so i feel like i would survive longer than most but not sir but not survive completely you just see just the two of us just running through the woods (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We're just like, we're like, should we stop and like make camp and like set up a campfire in a base? And you're like, I don't know how to do that. So let's just keep running. <laughs> then my mom and dad just come out of nowhere and just, just get us. Just pull out a gun. Just I, was shoot us. Say, <laughs> I was about to say, because my, yeah, my parents, my parents don't know how to hunt. So they would just be just running after us. And your parents would just be like with guns, like chasing us down. <laughs> if you know my parents, y'all know. <laughs> oh my god so and i also have another question could you survive if nick cage was your dad no no (laughs) good answer that's the right answer no no nick cage has crackhead energy (laughs) nick cage is one of the few sober people who has crackhead energy where it's just like you're like that man will happily and without even blinking a second thought exhibit just insane strength and agility but also in the same fucking breath, steal your steal your car's tires. Just like this man, Nick Cage is Nick Cage's sober crackhead energy. And I and I'm with you. Nick Cage would have absolutely just fucking just marked me. Even though, like, even like you said, Pete cross country shape. Like, yeah, no, he he would have found a way. To, he would have found a way to hunt me down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, guys. That that does it for this episode. Um, Mom and Dad, go check it out. Like it it is it is just Nick Cage as his most Nick Cage. I I had a blast watching this movie. I also had a blast recording this episode. I feel like this is like, one of the most fun times I've had recording this. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. This episode has been a fucking riot. Actually, <laughs> actually. <laughs> so, guys, again, 
Next week is going to be our last episode for Nick Cage month. So this has been awesome. Please go check it out. Go follow us on social media. And yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks. So yeah. So follow us on Instagram at, at messed up at midnight mm-hmm. and follow us on Twitter at messed up at night. We both post there pretty regularly, give you updates, thoughts on things and all everything in between really. All right, guys. Well, that does it for this episode and we'll see you next week. All right. See everybody.